Hello again. We are Southeastern 14. I am Chris Lee, joined by Blake Lovell and Max Barr here for the mailbag edition for SEC basketball. Can't wait. These are always fun. Before we get into the mailbag and answer your questions, it's playoff time. The road through Vegas goes through Baltimore and San Francisco. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to BetOnline today to get updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. They sponsor this video, and we do very much appreciate that. We also appreciate your questions. Blake Lovell is going to play moderator here and throw these on the screen. I don't think Max and I have seen any of these. I might have glanced at one or two incidentally last night. But anyway, part of the fun is we're kind of doing these blind for the most part. So with that, Blake, let's have the first question, please. I feel like I'm on a game show here or something. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Uh, and let's not kid ourselves. Chris has seen all these questions and was probably doing hours worth of research <laughs> on his answers. Let's not kid ourselves. All right. Question number one from George here. Don Connect, a lottery lock. Well, you know, winning the lottery is a tough thing to do. Um, you know, I'm sure the chances are one in, I don't know what the number is, but it's not easy to win the lottery. But he's talking about NBA draft lottery, isn't he? Well, that he is a lock in. I can I can say without hesitation, he's a lock to win that lottery because I think he's a I think he's an easy top ten pick in my opinion. Yeah, anytime Jimmy Dykes calls a Tennessee game, uh, there's gotta be an over under set at like ten and a half of the amount of times Jimmy Dykes says Dalton Connect is the most NBA ready two guard that in college basketball, because I think he says it a million times a broadcast. But yeah, I would say yeah. I don't these NBA ready. You see, you see the offense that he runs. Um, I would say, I would say, yeah. I'm not an NBA guy, but it, it passes the look test to me. He's he's huge. He's built like a linebacker, so you can't kind of knock him off his spot. He can get his own shot. He can hit shots with guys in his face. You're going to have to do that in the NBA. Uh, he looks like he can do it, and so uh, seems like it to me. Lock. Lock. All right. SEC Hoops World wants to know who would be your SEC player of the year right now. Sears, Connect, or Reeves. Now, Reeves being added to this, Max knows why. Because, boy, was there some Twitter debate over Antonio Reeves not being on the Ken Palm All-SEC team to this point. And Kentucky fans, I know, were not happy about that. It was, I think, pretty sure it was Broom, Connect, Sears, Taylor, and they do. Mm-hmm. There was no Antonio Reeves on there for the all Ken Palm team. But of course, Ken Palm doesn't pick the SEC player of the year. And so Antonio Reeves had a great season without question. But I just don't think that um, he's going to get the votes that one of the other two are going to get. And I also feel like we've got to, like, Janai Broom has got to be yeah, in this conversation. Like, he is, he is definitely in this conversation. So I don't want to discount him either. But I mean, again, it's who do we think is going to win versus who would our pick be? Those are different things, maybe. But, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to pick against Dalton Connect because I just don't, I just don't think there's another player like him. Like, you guys know I'm a huge Mark Sears guy. We know Chris isn't, but I am. And it's just, but I just think he would, I think right now you would still probably have to pick Dalton connect over him, even though when you look at the numbers, like Sears has been fantastic. So 
Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough probably between those two. Yeah, I'm, I think Broom's got to be in there just because of the, the numbers he puts up. I think, yeah. What does he have? Two double-doubles in past three games, something like he's that. Averaging he's averaging a double-double, right? He's at, yeah. I mean, Broom's got to be there. And and his defensive presence, too. Broom's been amazing on defense. Um, that Van, Vandy was afraid to go in the paint because of Broom. Um, but my, my pick right now would be would be Connect just because – I mean, he's averaging over 30 a game in his last, what, six games? I mean, that's that's crazy. But Sears as, is as MVP-ish as it gets, I feel like, for his team. I mean, he just willed them back to the win uh, against Georgia. My pick would be Broom, full season. But if I had to do it right now, I would say connect. Per minute he's on the floor, the stats say Jani Broom is – the best player in the league. Now he plays fewer minutes than the other two because I, I think to me the conversation is Broom, Sears, and Connect. And I, I don't really have a great feel on which one should be. I could make you excellent arguments for all three of them. Yeah. Win shares per 40 minutes. Janai Broom 0.288. He's number one. Mark Sears second at 0.248. Dalton Connect not even in there. Win mm. shares overall. Mark Sears, 4.0. And this is from College Sports Reference. Janai Broom, 3.6. Dalton Connect, 3.4. Now, look, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the math on all that, but that stuff usually tracks kind of with what I'm I'm feeling. Um, man, I don't know. I, I would have to take a little deeper dive into the numbers that, than just doing it off the cuff. If And, and part of Broom's not playing, guys, is – they got Jalen Williams and Dylan Cardwell. In other words, I think Broom would be out there a little bit more if they didn't have dudes who could spell him. If he's playing on, you know, any other team in the league, I think his minutes probably go up. I, I, I I'm going to go Broom, but it could be Sears, it could be Connect, and I, I think we, we, we'd have a photo finish if we did it right now. Yeah, I, I would be fine with any of the three. So. Um, I know it's not what you want to hear. I'm also not playing hypotheticals with the 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 wind shares and all this other thing. I don't care where I don't where I don't care where Dalton Connect is on the I've wind set shares, him off, right? Max. I've done it. This guy is Got a him. tremendous basketball player. Wind shares. Get out of here. Get out of here with that nonsense. All right, let's go to the next question. Hopefully, it's not about wind shares. Well, it is. With the current standings, if you had to place a bet, Brad is asking here. Big baller, Brett, by the way, noted Alabama fan. You had to place a bet who wins the SEC regular season. Great question. Right now, betting men, who wins it? I've got my answer, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Man, I actually we 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 put on our Twitter this morning the the odds, the current odds for winning the SEC. Do you want me to run down the first, the top yeah, few? Do that. Yeah. All right. So. The current odds right now, as of the morning of February second, for from our partners at Bet Online, Alabama first at plus one fifty, then Auburn at plus one seventy five, then Tennessee plus two fifty, drops a lot. Kentucky plus nine hundred, South Carolina sixteen to one, Florida fifty to one. It kind of drops off a cliff, but the the top four according to Bet Online, uh, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky. So. That's what the, that's what Vegas is saying. 
Now, this what are one we might saying? be harder than the last question. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, I don't know. Ken Palm has got Alabama first, but I look, Alabama's got road trips to Auburn, to Kentucky, to Florida. Also got Florida and Tennessee at home, so that's not going to be easy. Auburn, we went through in another video. The meat grinder portion of that schedule is ahead. Auburn still hasn't gotten, a, I think, a quad one win. Auburn's got to go to Ole Miss, to Florida, to Georgia, which won't be easy, to Tennessee, also has Kentucky at home, and Alabama at home. Um, Tennessee's going to Kentucky about to Tennessee's schedule gets, well, I don't know, I mean, they got to go to Alabama. They got to go to South Carolina. I mean, I, I keep looking for an easy way out here and I'm not finding it. This, can we make Blake go first on this one? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. You're forgetting somebody when you look at the schedule, Kentucky, no South Carolina. <laughs> Yes. Like, I know it sounds crazy. I'm not going to pick them as my bet. I like that. I do not see how we do not keep South Carolina in the conversation here, because if you look at their schedule, if they win at Georgia on Saturday, they play Ole Miss at home next Tuesday. They play Vanderbilt at home the following Saturday. Decent chance they could be nine and two, right? Then they got to go to Auburn. Going to be difficult. Come back home against LSU at Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Both winnable. My guess is they don't win both. Home against Florida, home against Tennessee at Mississippi State. That's not a bad schedule to keep them at five losses or fewer, which I think is going to be the number of the team that wins the SEC. So they're not going to be my pick, but I'm just telling you, they, they really need to win this game against Georgia on Saturday. If they don't, then it's like, uh-oh, a little less room for error there. But don't keep them out of the conversation just yet. I know we're only midway through. We've seen teams do this before, but their schedule's not bad. So keep that. My pick is Alabama would be the team I would pick. Because you mentioned their schedule. It is tough. Like, they've got the road games. going to be difficult. But I'm still going to lean on what I've leaned on before. It's They're going to still find ways to outscore people. And Kentucky, road game, tough. But it's winnable. Ole Miss road game, tough, winnable for a team like Alabama. Florida, because, I mean, think about it. We, we've talked about the ups and downs of Kentucky, Florida, even Auburn to a certain extent, although that's going to be a tough game to win, right? So it's not like any of these games, they do look tough on paper, but for a team like Alabama, they're all winnable with the way they play offense. So right now, I would pick Alabama as the team that I would pick to win the SEC. I'm not just saying that because that was my bold prediction back in December or whatever, but but I, I think Tennessee would probably be second for me. Yeah, I think you have to go Alabama just because of how rock solid they've been at home and then how they've been able to fight through on the road. And if you look at Alabama's schedule down late, like late February, early March, they get Tennessee at home. They do have to go to Kentucky, but – they get Tennessee at home and Arkansas at home. In March, the last three games of March, Tennessee at home, at Florida, home against Arkansas. Some other teams have, like, brutal schedules down the stretch in March. I don't see Florida losing all of at Mississippi, at Florida, at Kentucky, at LSU. I think they're going to win most of those. I would say Alabama right now. I don't know. Can I change my pick? I'm looking at Auburn's schedule here. 
I think Auburn's got the best schedule of anybody left. Home games against Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State. So four of their toughest opponents left are all at home. Road games at Ole Miss, at Florida, at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Missouri. I mean, I they could Auburn's only beat got, Missouri, though. I think Auburn's got the best path. But I'll, I'll – because I'm certainly not going to change my pick from Alabama to Auburn. What would happen there? Um, but I think Auburn's got the best path to winning the SEC right now. How about this? The game Wednesday, 7th, that, that'll be my answer, whoever wins that game. Alabama. I'll give you I'll give you my answer after Saturday if Auburn wins at Ole Miss. I I think Blake is dead on with this stuff. I, I, I think Alabama is my pick. I think Auburn has a more difficult schedule. I just like Alabama's ability to score from so many places. The defense is getting better as we've discussed. Auburn needs to start being able to hit hit some threes with consistency before I can feel a little better about it. I will take Alabama with a degree of certainty of on a scale of one to ten is about a about a two. That game on Wednesday now is see, I think Alabama's gonna lose that game and win the SEC. Okay. Well, think about important how important the Tennessee Kentucky game is, though, too, because yeah, if Kentucky beats Tennessee, then both of them teams both have three losses. If Alabama beats Mississippi State, Alabama's clear, you know basically two games, right? Ooh. Well, even though they lost to Tennessee, Ooh. but they'd be eight and one. Tennessee and Kentucky would both be with three losses at that point. So then it's, you're playing the chasing game. So then yep, it kind of yep. comes down to, like we said, and what happens if Auburn loses at Ole Miss? What happens if South Carolina loses at Georgia? Oh, God. Alabama's sitting there with a two-game lead over everybody. <laughs> well, so, that, it's it's the, it's the a it's a lead already. Alabama's one full game ahead of everybody. Plus, what did Nate Oates remind us in Birmingham? Hoover. That, I have no idea. Well, that, that hey, we've we've won this thing, what, two of the last three years? Yeah. Well. Interesting setup go. here. Mountain Saturday's That's big where we for were. the standings. Saturday's big for this race here. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Great question. Number four here. Daniel, I know what this is. <laughs> With Mizzou's season basically over. What has to be the goal for next year? Because Gates has lost a lot of his positivity and he can't have another season like this. He definitely can't miss on the portal again. Well, you guys know my response to this. I don't I don't think he completely missed on the portal. He just happened to bring in two guys who got injured. And I don't think that's completely on Dennis Gates for that. But yes, they have to build a better roster. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point. So Yeah, I mean Imagine Grill and Tanjay don't get hurt, and they've think of all the close games they've played. If they have those two guys, I doubt they're they're over right now. You know, so it, it looks bad in the moment, but in hindsight, you can, like we've said, you can look back and say, well, look at what this team expected that they would have, and look at what they have right now. So if he does it again, though, then it's like, oh, geez, stop picking players that keep getting injured. <laughs> I mean, but you can't can't blame them. Look at the class he's got coming in next year. I mean, combine that with they're going to bring in transfers. There's going to be some guys they bring in, and let's just call it what it is. There's going to be some guys on this team that are not going to be on the team next year. So, yes, if, if they were to underachieve to this level next year, then I understand. Then maybe I got to give Dennis Gates a call. But for now, just 
they were one of the luckiest teams in college basketball last year. Like statistically, this year they've probably been one of the unluckiest. And you know, factor in injuries and all that. It's just a tale of two seasons. But I don't think that's just on Gates being a bad coach. He didn't they forget the, the things they class. did. Yeah, you know, it's like. He didn't forget the things they did last year to make them successful. They just have not had the roster to to do it. And yes, that's partly on him. He's got to build a better roster, but at the same time, injuries happen and he took out two of what could have been your top four or five players. So just wait until seven foot three hundred pound Peyton Marshall comes to town. Mm. See see how that changes things. That roster next year is gonna be potentially fun. Oh yeah. Blake, when Dennis Gates took the Cleveland State job, he had how many players? Uh, it wasn't many. I don't think he had any. Whenever I talked he to was him, zero a weekend. Well, he had yeah. he had one or two, but he's had to convince yeah. him to stay. Uh, I mean, D- Dennis Felton had run that program through the ground. He won what eleven games his first year. This from memory. One coach of the league in that year. The next year, and I can't remember if they got to the NCAA tournament or not. Missouri dis- disaster. No, they didn't make it. They did. They did. Okay. Either way, gets to Missouri. It had been a disaster for a minute. He turned that into an NCAA tournament team. Max, you mentioned the recruiting club. Look, this guy's got a history of doing it. It just didn't go their way this year. He looks a little bit like a lost puppy on the sidelines right now, probably not knowing what he can do. He's got about two guys that he can ride offensively. He's got Aiden Shaw underneath. I mean, he's got some other players, Nick Honor, but it's just not going their way. They'll be fine. It just won't be this year. Yeah. Yeah. You better say that. All right. On to the next question. Jeremiah, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Um, why is Mark Sears being disrespected at the national level? It's clear front runner for SEC player of the year, which by the way, Jeremiah did follow up and add in. I also know that Dalton connects in there. And I said, well, come on, Jeremiah, it's Twitter. No one's going to call you out on that. Um, and arguably has been the best guard in the country. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you guys think about. I mean, he shouldn't be disrespected if he is, but I don't, I don't follow the disrespect on the national level the way I do the local disrespect. So if anybody's disrespecting him locally, then that's on them. That was, that was good, Blake. I think what Alabama fans are are so upset about, and and rightfully so, is Sears wasn't named to the the Koozie list or the West what? list. He wasn't named to either. Interesting. He, would, uh, he, he wasn't named a top 10 point guard or a top 10 shooting guard, whatever they nationally want to categorize him as. He wasn't ranked in the top 10 of either. There were names like, and I'm not trying to to bash anyone. These are all great basketball players, but compared to what Mark Sears' numbers look like, I mean, guys like LJ Cryer were picked a, a quinearly a different different role, not role players, but just guys that aren't putting up 20 a game like Sears is were selected ahead of him. So that's where I think the national disrespect is coming from. And I think Sears let him know his thoughts on that in the, that second half against Georgia. So he knows that, that the disrespect's on him. He knows, and he's he's playing like it. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Let me tell folks out there how the media world works. Um, we really aren't aren't any smarter than than most of you guys out there by nature. We just happen to – this is our job. We take it seriously. And and that's the case for for most of the media. 
when you listen to most of the national stuff, I mean, I, I listen to shows to keep a good idea of what's going on everywhere else. But I mean, they're talking about six, seven, eight games, different nights. When you listen to the national podcast, some of them be playing at the same time. They're different leagues. You can't do a drive by nationally on everybody and get it right. And that's why we founded the channel. We're like, Hey, we're not going to cover everybody. We're just kind of really try to hone in on the sec and just look at that. I'm not out there watching the big 10 when the sec is playing or whatever, but that's the national world that people live in. And Oh, by the way, that's just the college basketball people. The national media are starting to do basketball as a drive-by habit this time of the year. You know, it'll probably become more of a point of focus after the Super Bowl is over. So take all that I said and make it just a little slice of what they do along with the NBA, the NFL, and whatever else they're covering. So here's the problem. The problem's Dalton Connect. And let's let's go through his scoring games and work backwards. South Carolina 31, Vandy 32. Alabama 25, Florida 39. That's the one that really put them on the radar. That came off 36 against Georgia and 28 against Mississippi State. You don't see a lot of guys in major conferences that start to rack up points like that. That gets people's attention. The scoring numbers get people's attention. They're honed in on that. They're not on the efficiencies and the other things, which Dalton Connect can also do. But Mark Sears can probably do a little bit more by virtue of being a point guard. That, that, that's a lot of words there, but here's my point. Um, I, I think that in addition to that, Dalton Connect is getting a lot of NBA love. That's at the top of people's list. People like us scan mock drafts, see a guy whose stock is rising. I, I just think it's been the avalanche of performance or whatever you want to call it that, that Connect has put up. The scoring avalanche lately has gotten a lot of people's attention. Um, I, I think a guy like Mark Sears has gone a little bit overlooked for doing other things. And I, I just think, I just think that's the world we live in where it's, it's, it's a quick soundbite world and what he's doing is getting everybody's attention. But I think Mark Sears and Janai Broom, as we said, are right there with him. That doesn't excuse him not being on those lists though. They don't. Oh, I agree. I, I think, so. but I think it points to the other stuff. I don't think people are paying enough attention. Yeah. I mean, I, how, how many times do we see national awards or rankings were going, that's ridiculous. I mean, the, the Heisman, they, they get the Heisman wrong. The It's a little thought. I, I'm not going to give you my thing, but I, I just don't think, I, I think people at the national level voting for things are looking for easy Anders, and I, I think there's always some research they're not doing. Well, yeah, I don't know what they're missing. I mean, he's, he's, he's the second and third best player in the SEC, so if you're you're scanning over him to go to someone else. I don't know what you're missing at that point for awards and that kind of stuff. But anyways, all right, let's get back to negativity here. Sam, speaking <laughs> of Dalton Connect, Dalton Connect scored 31. The rest of the team scored 28. Connect was 11 to 24 for 46%. The rest of the team was 10 to 34 for 29%. That is all. Thanks. Well, you're welcome, Sam. You're welcome. Um, of course, this refers to the Tennessee South Carolina game, but yeah, I know Sam's frustrated. Uh, he's tweeted at me for years about the, the, the frustrations with Tennessee's early exits and the NCAA tournament and such. And we're trying, Sam, we're trying with this team. Um, but unfortunately they had the, yeah, they had one of those games against South Carolina. Don't turn it into two against Kentucky, but 
Chris, I assume you had some kind of advanced stat here to quantify what Sam's saying. I'm, I'm interested in how Sam arrived at his Twitter handle because that that's a lot to remember there. <laughs> if you're if you're Sam Smith, but no, my, my answer is simple, and I think we said this on a podcast. Everybody's watching what's going on. Everybody knows they need to get scoring from other places. If I know it, Max knows it, and Blake knows it, Rick Barnes knows it. They've got other guys that can get points. Sometimes you just have that game. Every team has got a worse game of its year. We may have just seen that out of Tennessee. I think that you will see some adjustments going forward. I would be shocked if Dalton connects. Connect is getting half of Tennessee's points every night here and from here on out. Yeah, it was just. I think Santi said it in his uh, in his post game presser that just it, it made it tough when the shots weren't falling early on and playing against a team that plays as slow as South Carolina. It was really hard to get into a rhythm, and they just kind of deferred to to connect. But we've been having this conversation the past week or so about the support around Connect and and how it it has to be there and if it'll ever show up because. It hadn't to this point, really. And, yeah, I mean, stuff happens. You have off-shooting nights. South Carolina's a top-25 team with one of the best defenses in the in the SEC. I, it's Is it concerning that, you know, Tennessee fans are kind of having PTSD of, of the rough offense? Yes, but also remember last year you had an adjusted efficiency around 70, and this year you're right around top 30. So it's like... Is that a little bit concerning? Yes, but it's against the slowest team that plays the, the uh, just stuck in the mud pace with a very good defense, and the shots weren't falling early. I think it was just kind of a perfect storm there. All right. I hope Connect scores half his team's points on Saturday. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Fantasy purposes. I need not that many. All right. Back to more negativity. You guys are just, you're really bringing me down with this negativity here. All right, oh, Rambo Mizzou, we answered the question of his question, not mine. Why does Missouri suck? But he also says it thinks it's fair to ask, why are they the worst Power 5 team in basketball? Well, you better believe I got a promo ready for you because I knew this one was coming. And let me tell you that I don't think they're the worst Power 5 team in college basketball. Um, I know Louisville has a win in ACC play, but... I don't think they're very good. Um, there's probably some other teams I'm forgetting, which obviously one of the teams, again, this goes into Saturday's game against Vanderbilt. What's at stake here? There's a lot at stake in this game. Um, but I know, again, I know Missouri fans. Have play this year? Well, they're not power five, but <laughs> <laughs> but they're, I mean, power six. If Technicality, you here we go. He very said power five. Oh, that was okay. in the question. Let's Oh, for God's sakes. All right, I'm done here. Oh, Missouri, for God's well, sakes, forbid we fine. answer the question. They'll be fine. Calm down. <laughs> All these technicalities around here. Unbelievable. One of these days, we're going to take these computers. We're going to do a whole show without the computers. And I want to see what we get from Chris Lee in that show. <laughs> I think he's a robot, is what I think. <laughs> I want to see what we get out of him without any of these technicalities. Power 5, 6, advanced metrics. That's what I want, Max. We're going to put this theory to the test. Robot Chris Lee. Maybe that's why he doesn't follow Lamont Paris's directions. 
He's a robot. He's so been wired. The worst, He's got to get rewired. We got to go in the back. Yeah, rewire. rewire him. But I, I took Georgia also this week. So. That that was so stupid. It does not deserve a response. <laughs> but I will tell you, Vandy's worse. Louisville's worse. Oregon State, well, I think, did pull an upset, but it's still probably worse. Uh, don't are, say Vandy. And if you want to go to the Big East, you got Georgetown. You got DePaul. They are not technically Power Five, but if you want to go Power Six, which includes the Big East, those teams might also be worse. All right, next. Gene uh, Garrett asks, how can you buy into Auburn? Every question, guys, what is this, the week of negativity these days? Uh, I mean, come on. We, we're all getting negative here. Let's let's bring some positivity to the questions. Garrett wants to know, how can you buy into Auburn when all their guards shoot below 40%? Man, we are just taking aim this week at people. We're not, but... My goodness. Um, I can buy an Auburn no matter how much their guards percentage shoot because they have 16 wins or 17 wins by double digits. How many other teams in college basketball have that? So I buy into Auburn for that reason. I know they lost two road games by a combined 10 points last week, and they may lose another one on Saturday. But they, again, have 17 wins by double digits this year. So I'm okay with buying into them for now until they give me a reason not to completely – you know, think that they're still pretty good. So, does Trey Donaldson shoot below forty percent? I don't know. I, I, I didn't fact check. I think he's above. Might be a little bit below on. You, three you need point. a computer to tell you that. Those God. are just been oh, prohibited. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what we've that's what we've said. The concern is with this Auburn team, especially on the road. And I've said it down the stretch, late in games when it's really close and you need a basket. I don't trust these guards right now to go and get me one. But how do you how do you trust Auburn or buy into Auburn when their their guards are going through a shooting slump? Uh, it's because you have one of the best big men in the, in the entire country. That's that's what my answer would be. And they have the depth. I mean, they have. You know, you can say it doesn't, but it, it does. Like that depth's going to matter in some of these games. Yeah. And just because it didn't in their two games that they lost on the road by six points or fewer doesn't mean it won't matter in bigger games here soon. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm still, we all know I'm still fine with where Auburn's at right now. So I think Auburn's a really good team. The thing that is keeping me from jumping in with both feet is, is the, the stat in the tweet. Um, I would like them to shoot a little better. Feels like the teams you feel really confident are teams that have got more guys. Now, look, you can you can change that around a little bit. Um, I, I think Aiden Holloway might be shooting a few too many threes. Katie Johnson certainly shooting too many, although he's only shot fifty eight. But I, I just don't think he's a three point shooter. But you've got guys. Denver Jones is thirty seven percent. Donaldson's thirty nine. Those aren't bad numbers. Baker Mazar, 38%. I think maybe you just rein in the shot selection a little bit and it starts to fix itself. But Bruce Pearl's also a coach that's got kind of a long leash with this guy. So you may not see it happen either. Reminder the SEC as a whole is shooting 33% from three. So I don't think 40 necessarily needs to be the threshold to win games in no. this league. Yeah. So. Just saying. All right. Next up. I don't remember what this is. Justin, another question back again. Mm -hmm. Of all the SEC teams in consideration for NCAA tournament bids, which one is the hardest to seed? 
Oh, I think I have my answer right. Well, it's just off the top of my head. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I would say Mississippi State because they've lost a lot, but the games that they've won have been great wins. You have wins in conference against Tennessee and Auburn, but you also have losses to Georgia Tech and Southern in the non-con. So it's like, what do you weigh? I, I, I have no clue what to do with Mississippi State. I'd go Texas A&M. Because I looked up the other day and they're an eight seed, and I'm trying to figure out how. So, I don't, I don't know. That's a wide range for me with Texas A&M because yeah. they've got yeah. some good wins that look better these days than they did maybe earlier in the season. But you know, they've also lost at home to LSU. They've also lost at Arkansas. They've lost another home game to Ole Miss, who is a tournament team. But you know, so. I don't know. Texas A&M is going to be a weird one, I think, if they're still – I think they will be in the conversation. But I just think their seeding is going to be kind of all over the place because of – because, right, even the Memphis game at the time, we're like, that's not a bad loss. Well, <laughs> Memphis is heading backwards now. They've lost four in a row. So I think A&M kind of playing the banking on everybody else and what they do game at this point because they're just not doing enough on their own to secure a certain seed range. So, Chris, what do you think? I think a and a good answer. That's one of the first places my head went. But I think a and going to be a case where they're either in as an 11, maybe a 10, or not in at all. I don't know that the range of seating is going to ultimately be huge. But here's one, guys, because I don't know I don't know where you see this team because the some of the stuff's all over the place. The net, Blake's favorite thing, has got South Carolina at 41. ESPN strength the resume has got South Carolina at nine. South Carolina's only lost three games. If you seeded South Carolina right now, the computers say this is a 10-11 seed, but you cannot put Carolina there. Now, I don't think Carolina's a, a, a two seed or a three seed either, but that's a pretty wide range of possibilities, guys. And I don't know what where that would settle if we put Carolina in the tournament and played it today, which certainly Carolina would be in it if we did it today. Lenardi just updated his bracket a few minutes ago. He's got South Carolina as a six. Okay. Woo! So, so he split six. the difference. Could we Ole see Miss? South Carolina get a top five seed? Yeah, because they're going to win the SEC. <laughs> so, all right. That's, that's some interesting answers there. All right, we're going to finish with this one. And this is really the one that everyone came for. Hayden asked the hard-hitting question that we must answer. Why is the Southeastern 14 kiss of death the greatest jinx in the universe? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you my answer, Hayden. There are scientists out there that will be studying this question for centuries to come, knowing the impact that our predictions have on these basketball games. <laughs> and it will puzzle them. For centuries, because th there is no real, you know, data to support why it is this way, why this jinx is a thing. Not even the net rankings, the computers, not even they can tell you. And when they can't tell you, what do you have, right? What do you have left? So I'm not sure why it's the greatest jinx in the universe. But again, it's the power that I hold as the third picker of the group. And everything, these guys have no pressure on them, none. So they they like it this way. They like me being the guy that picks third. So 
Chris, what are your thoughts? If if the man who is really responsible for all this, which he just admitted to, doesn't know, then I don't know how I could tell you. Yeah, I don't. My only my only answer would be normally you want to it coming from a betting standpoint, you want to fade the public. And if if we're, all three of us are all agreeing wholeheartedly that something's going to happen, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but also we have a tendency, I think, to um, just side with the home team and. I mean, it's basketball. The home team's not going to win every single game. So a lot of times when a road team gets a win, we all kiss the death note. So, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> you play the percentages. The home win percentage in the SEC right now is 63%. So if you play the percentages, you got a much better chance of getting it right. But I also think there's a scenario where we should just go a week without watching a single SEC basketball game, and we should just pick all the games. And we should just see, you know, hey – is there a better chance if we don't watch the games of us getting this right? Maybe we just make up stuff. Maybe we just give our game reports on Saturday and just say, Hey, here's what happened. And what if people didn't watch the game? You know, they tune in. Way like, off. Wait a second. What? That didn't happen. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Tennessee 102, Kentucky 28. Uh, it was the biggest lopsided victory in the history of sports, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's the whole NCAA tournament filling out a bracket thing, right? The people who usually yeah. win the bracket are the ones who haven't watched a game all year. So nope. we can't explain it. It's just, it's sports, man. It's SEC basketball It's sports. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how we continue to do it, but for the teams we pick against, boy, they really, they really applaud us for our hard work and picking against them, which is why South Carolina fans are going to be furious at me this week for picking them to beat Georgia probably. So I think the series sense this is just a lot of parody, guys. We've talked about it. There's just about any team any given night in this league can give another one a fight. I think you can kind of, you know, you, you got three at the bottom that that are are lucky to be in the game late right now. But the other eleven, they're all pretty competitive. I think you're seeing it nationally. You saw what Georgia Tech beat UNC the other night. Nebraska just upset Wisconsin last night. I mean, it, this is happening all over the country. I think there's a lot of parity due to the portal. And yeah, sometimes it, when you, it seems like guys, when you see a line that's five, six, seven points anymore, that almost seems high. And then it seems, well, okay, that's, that's kind of seems obvious and we'll go there. And then we look up and the other team won. Yeah, I was just going to say, as far as odds are concerned, like I think the only times that we get double-digit spreads is when you catch Vandy and Mizzou at home. I think Alabama was double digits against LSU at home. Um, but other than that, if you're playing – I mean, I'm just looking at the stand, the conference standings. If you're playing Mississippi State and up, you're, you're catching a single-digit spread awesome. no matter where you are. Yeah, so that's another reason why. And also, we can't see the future, as I continue to point out. That also does not help that we are not able to accurately see the future. Yeah. I would like to change that, but we can't just yet. So, You know who can see the future, though? Lamont Paris. Well, yeah. That's I mean, true. That's, duh. I mean, that's... <laughs> we will discuss the future once it has become the past. We do that usually late <laughs> night on Saturday nights. Uh, yeah. What a phrase I that was. Blake's mind. 
Wow. In other words, Saturday night we'll probably have a recap of SEC basketball. If not Sunday morning, we preview all the games. We we also recap the Tuesday and Wednesday games generally the next morning. To get that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. That helps our analytics. For Blake Lovell and Max Barham, Chris Lee, this is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.